Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here are your hosts, Kathy Kay and Tommy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. Um, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, follow the show at Strict Anonymous or follow me, Kathy, at Cartoon Therapy on Twitter. I don't really use my Facebook page, so don't even bother with that. Uh, if you like the podcast, subscribe because that's always great for the show and, and write a review if you can. I think sometimes, you know, when I first started the podcast, you of course, you go to your friends and you're like, okay, write a review for me. And a lot of my friends that knew, because not a lot of them know, but the ones that do, some of them didn't want to put their names to it. Because sometimes when you write a review, it actually posts your real name. But some people have phones. It depends on which iPhone you have. Because some iPhones, you could actually anonym- you could make your name anonymous. So, And I think some people just don't want to sort of associate themselves, I guess, with something that has so much to do with sex. I think, so. <laughs> you know, if you read, if you don't know anything about my podcast and you just read the titles, it just sounds like a dirty, dirty show. But if you really listen to it, it's really not. Um, but that's why I think some people don't want to. So I get it. What I'm trying to say is I get why maybe you wouldn't want to put your name, but try it out. Try going on to your iPhone or your smartphone and, um, writing a review. Cause sometimes it gives you the option. Some people's phones for some reason will give them the option to make their name anonymous. So if you can make your name anonymous and you like the show, write me a review. It's really great. And I love it. And it really helps out. Um, so anyway, I have had a lot of uh, Adult Friend Finder guys on and I have a lot more taped. But what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to air a guy that I got on Craigslist. Um, and his name is Paul and he's a sex addict. And um, what happened with Paul is I had this great conversation with him that started off and uh, like a couple minutes into it, I dropped all my podcast equipment and um, and then I just plugged back in and I retaped everything. And then what happens is I just, you know, assume I have everything on tape and I go and I edit on Sundays. And uh, when I went in to edit everything in, I realized that that track that fell on the floor when that I taped the first couple of minutes is totally damaged. I've done everything to try and salvage it. I can't. I've done everything to try and get Paul to call back in and retape those first couple of minutes. But he can't call in until tomorrow. So I made the executive decision to instead of waiting for him to call in tomorrow and posting late to just explain to you what happened give you the skinny or the scoopage of what went down in those first couple of minutes that I lost and just post tonight the rest of the stuff that I do have. Because the meat of the conversation and everything that we got into is taped and was fine. Really, all I lost was the beginning. Um, and I'm just going to explain to you what, go, what went down in that beginning. Because basically, um, you know, these guys send me in an email and they give me an update or they, they fill me in on everything about their story. And then I used to read the emails. I don't do that anymore because I think it's kind of boring. But I have his email in front of me. And instead of reading it, you know, what I'm going to do is just explain the situation, um, tell you what went down in those first couple of minutes. And basically all it was was him explaining his situation. And here's the deal. This is his situation. This is what he explained. He explained that he's a, you know, his name is Paul. He's a 41-year-old married guy. And he's had a secret life since he's been about 16 years old. And that secret life is that he has been addicted to prostitutes. Um, As early as he, like as soon as he was able to drive, he was picking up street prostitutes. You know, because he's in his 40s. He's married with two children. Um, He loves his wife, but they barely have sex. 
at one time he did catch gonorrhea, but he was able to uh, get some antibiotics and get rid of that before his wife found out. But he felt really bad about it. Uh, this is a guy that's like really remorseful about what he did. He said that he cried himself to sleep afterwards and he was very overwhelmed with guilt. But uh, he had no one to talk to and he doesn't know how to stop himself. He knows what he's doing is wrong. That's the that's the interesting thing about this guy, Paul, and why I like this call. Because this isn't like a sex addict like I've had on before. Like I had one that's been totally sober and c- kicked the habit and he was already a recovered sex addict. So that's one thing. But I've had other guys on that were like, totally obviously sex addicts but they're still enjoying themselves and they're not ready or they're not at the point where they're really ready to you know or they're not looking for real help this is a guy that's really looking for help and that's what we get into uh he definitely is at the point in his life and he explains he explains that he's like a totally ineffective at work that's what he had told me um because he spends most of his time on his smartphone surfing websites uh like craigslist i think he uses Backpage too looking for hookers and uh, he's at the point where he doesn't even see hookers like he sees them once or twice and that's about it. And then he has to find another one like he doesn't even see them long term anymore. He just keeps having to get a new fix. He also met somebody off of um, AshleyMadison.com, but he thinks that he actually prefers prostitutes. And basically what we discussed in the first couple of minutes was he was like, you know, is it a sex addiction or am I addicted to prostitutes? And basically I was like, you're just an addict, right? Like an addict is an addict. It doesn't matter if it's sex, prostitutes, whatever, you know, you're an addict and that's what the thing is. And that's what we get into. And that's what I talked to him about. And we get right into that in the first couple of minutes. Um, so when I come back, you'll be on with me and Paul and you'll pick up with me getting into the whole thing about addiction. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Okay, hello. Okay, great. Let me just remember what I was saying. Oh, I'm an addict. Okay, that's where I'll start. I'm an I'm an addict. I haven't drank in 11 or 12 years, actually, it is. And, like, so I know what that is. And, like, I think people could be addicted to a lot of different things, but it's the same thing that's going on. You're sort of checking out, you know, through something. And whether people are checking out through sex or alcohol. I mean, for me, I always believe, like, you know, if you're going to be an addict, at least do something fun, like be a sex addict or an alcoholic. I mean, like my mother's a workaholic and like a Jesus freak. And it's just like to me, that's like so lame. <laughs> I feel like if you're going to check out, at least do something that you're having fun with. You know, I mean, it is kind of dangerous what you're doing. I know you said that you once got gonorrhea, but we'll talk about that in a second. But th- you need that the thing with the addiction and why it's so fucked up and why eventually people have to they quit their addictions or try to, you know, get rid of them is because it's like accumulative. You need more and more of whatever it is, right? Like you're at the point where it's like one prostitute. Like has it gone or escalated like further or like, I mean, where else can it go? I don't know. Like has it gone to, have you gone to like pretty dark places? Where am I meeting these people or where physically are we going or? No, all these things. Like, like I mean, like, like any addiction, I think sometimes what happens is you have to get more of a fix to get to to get that sort of high that you have like you said like you you know you get a high that first time that you meet somebody or you have a new prostitute and then after the second time it's just like it doesn't do that same thing and that's why you need that new person is that enough and does that sustain you or have you needed to get even more or do something even more illicit 
to create that high like put yourself in a situation like uh, you might get caught or you know what i mean yeah well no i'm, I'm not in, well i'm not interested in getting caught but i guess it's part of the adrenaline rush but i do find myself now um from the time i wake up and almost any free time i have i'm pretty much combing like ads online you know craigslist back page just even while i'm working or taking a break from work just all day long, I'm looking at this, and, you know, I might not actually call or follow through with anyone that day. I might not even have time to do that, but I just like sitting there and looking at that. I'm not, you know, reading the news or doing anything productive, and it's kind of taking away from my job, which is becoming a concern, you know, even to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I almost can't seem to, I almost can't seem to control it. And I've, you know, I've been in situations where I've, um, you know, hired two girls instead of one. Mm-hmm. Um, never went to a house where there was even more than two girls, and I just liked being there in their presence, you know. And, you know, having sex with one of the girls while other girls might be in and out of the room or it was just, uh, you know, I just kind of, I don't know. I guess that's, that's where I'm at now. Yeah. I mean, listen, you're like full blown addict, right? You have a total sex addiction. That's absolutely what it is. Okay. And I don't like, know if it's, I don't know if it's sex or strictly prostitution. I don't it know. It doesn't matter. I mean, it, it, for you, it's prostitution, sex. That's what it is for you. You know, for somebody else, it could be, you know, just sex with regular people. You know, what it is is whatever right. you're doing and you're spending your time check, to, to check out, what you're doing is you're checking out of your life right for long periods of time like there's just you're just don't want to stay present in reality for whatever reason and as an addict for me I don't drink for 12 years but I will always my when I am in a stressful situation or when I'm going through a tough time my natural instinct as an addict is to always go and check out and do something one of the things I've had since I was very young was hypochondria like I'll create diseases that I'm dying from and I've never been dying for anything and I'll like you know I would use that I use that very early on when I couldn't drink or fuck or do anything else to sort of check out and that would like consume me and now I could like Google that and when I find myself doing that I know that it always happens in times where I'm sort of stressed out and things are difficult in my life and that's the way I check out so you know it could happen with anything it just you know what it is it's whatever you're spending all your day you just told me you spend all your day looking online for fucking prostitutes so that's what you're addicted to and the sex is just a part of it you know what I mean it's not, and the problem isn't prostitutes and sex. Like for me, it wasn't like, oh, alcohol. I stay away from alcohol and then all my problems are solved. I have to stay away from what I have to do is learn how to live in reality and deal with all the stuff in reality that I'm running away from. And I could tell you as an addict that has been successful at quitting my addictions and I never stayed in AA or did any of that stuff, but I believe in it for people that need it. But for me, what happened very early on, I quit drinking because I was blacking out and it was just a physical thing. I live in New York City. I party, was partying every fucking night. I loved going out, but I just couldn't do it anymore. I was blacking out in like two seconds. So I just quit because it was a physical thing. But then when I quit and I didn't allow myself to drink and I started to feel things and things started to come up and I had, because I have really good willpower. It was very easy for me to be like, I'm not drinking. But when I couldn't reach for that alcohol and then I realized I can't go through my phone and I can't fuck somebody to get out of like my, what I'm feeling, I started to realize why I drank and why I did that because I had a problem feeling anything but good. Do you understand? And it was only until I quit doing what I was doing and just sitting with nothing and facing myself that I really realized why I was doing it. It was all these things that were coming up for me that I was sort of checking out from and avoiding. And that's what's behind everybody's fucking addiction. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of an escape, I guess. 
100%. And it's a great escape. Look, you could just go online for hours Googling prostitutes and then you do the set, you know, but really it's serving a massive purpose for you. And that purpose is to avoid whatever is going on in your real life. It could be what's happening now. It could be shit that happened to you when you were younger. Do you know what I mean? It could just be regular emotions because you're emotionally like retarded. That's who I was. I couldn't oh. deal with any emotion except like happiness, you know what I mean? Or anger. Like I didn't know how to be vulnerable. I didn't know how to be upset. I didn't know how to feel anything that made me feel weak. Do you know what I mean? So for me, it was like I would just check out and I got that liquid courage and I was like, fuck it. I didn't care about anything. And it made me feel good and high and up. Being sober for 12 years, I have to say, I am in such a different person because I forced myself to just sit in nothing and sort of learn how to deal with all those other emotions. And it takes time. Do you know what I mean? It takes time. You checked out like I did at a very young age. You started seeing those prostitutes at 15, 16. So what they say, and it's very true, is when you're an addict, when you put down whatever it is that you're doing that's an addiction, you go back to being that age that you were when you picked that shit up. So you're probably like emotionally like a 15-year-old. Maybe. Yeah. At least in that respect. Yeah, for sure. I mean, emotionally, you know, and, and I had to face that. It was really hard for me to learn how to just like sit with myself and not sabotage and not do anything and just have an emotion and realize that it's just a feeling and it will, will pass. And now I could be, you know, I've gone through tons of things in 12 years and never, I quit smoking, I quit drinking, I quit fucking people that I wasn't into. Like I quit a lot of things because like I said, I'm always naturally attracted to getting away from feeling something bad because most addicts, and I'm sure you could probably relate, we're like intense people. A lot of times people think they're not sensitive, but really you're probably overly sensitive. You probably pick up a lot of shit, right? So sometimes, you know, people check out because it's almost too much. Do you know what I mean? I guess. Are you that type of person? I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call myself real super hypersensitive. Actually, I think I got a pretty thick skin. I don't know what, uh, what it is that... Uh, no, but no. this is what I mean, okay? I have a very thick skin, okay? But when I mean sensitive, I mean that, like, sensitive that you're, like, I'm very intuitive. I get it, like, someone stands in front of me, I could read their body language, I know a lot about them, I pick up energy, I'm very sensitive to, like, I'm super sensitive in the sense that I, I feel a lot of stuff from other people, from environments, like, lighting, vibes, like, all that kind of stuff. That's the kind of sensitivity I'm talking about. I have a very thick skin. I handle things pretty well. It's not like I cry for no reason. I'm pretty tough. It's the sensitivity I mean is like, just like if I feel happy, I feel it so much. I'm a very passionate kind of person. Do you know what I mean? That's the kind of sensitivity that I'm talking about. And I, I find that a lot of addicts, because I love thinking about that kind of stuff and talking to people about it are those kind of sensitive people, meaning they're intuitive, they're really open, and they're just picking up a lot of information. So sometimes you do stuff to sort of take it down a notch because it's almost too much. But whatever. I mean, your thing is, you know, since the dawn of time you've been doing this, and you're in your 40s now, so this has been like how long? I mean, you wrote in to, did you look through, did you find my ad on Craigslist or an adult friend finders? Because I, I advertise on both places. It's actually Craigslist. Right, Craigslist. So, Craigslist. I mean, I find that people that write in, and what I love about the Craigslist people that I find is that, like, you wouldn't have responded to my ad if you weren't sort of ready to do something about it, right? Or you, you're thinking you might have a problem and maybe this is something you should face, right? Yeah, I mean, sometimes I go into a pretty uh, deep depression about it, actually. Right. I, uh, 
I've actually called the counseling service and, uh, you know, got referrals to different uh, counselors, and I just never followed through. I don't know how, you know, I don't know uh, how I'd explain away that time that I was in that therapy and what I was in there for, although I am pretty good at coming up with other excuses and other things. But uh, <laughs> Right. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm at the point, too, where, you know, I'm not very intimate with uh, myself. I feel like, you know, every time we are intimate, I worry. Am you I, mean am your I wife? Something? Yeah. So do I you use condoms with the, you know? do you not wear condoms with the prostitutes? Uh, I do. Okay, but I you do. got, I mean, you said you got, gon- you got gonorrhea once, right? How did you get that? Well, I, the doctor told me you can't get it from oral. So I, I guess that's how I got it because I never ever have you know unprotected sex, but I have had unprotected oral, and I never would have thought. I had always been under the impression because I, I had done it so many times without any consequence, right? That that was safe, but he told me that's not in fact safe, and that can happen, and in this case, that's that's what had happened. And it was kind of interesting too that there are these uh, you know uh, anonymous doctors that you can contact online and pay cash to get the lab test done. And then they will call in a prescription. Yeah. Which I, was interesting too. Listen, that's men. So. That's like called the bro code. That's what men do for men. Cause they all know <laughs> you're all fucking cheaters. <laughs> Women wouldn't do that for each other. Men would though, <laughs> you know, they understand a lot of guys have a need for that. Okay. I have a lot of guys that call yeah, into my podcast. Web, web, yeah. There's a couple of websites dedicated to that. I was like, wow, anonymous testing. And, uh, you know, and do sit down with a doctor to just talk to you on the phone. Yeah, listen, you know how many guy friends I have in this town that, like, seriously, like, they fuck hookers or they go to Thailand, they go to Brazil, they know, and they just, they don't even, they have a friend who's a doctor, they'll just take a prescription, or they'll get the, you know, the antibiotics when they're abroad, and they just take it for a week, because they're just like, who cares? Like, I, it's like, yeah, just take a antibiotics and it's gone. A lot of guys... Some pigs that I know, they don't even care if they get something. I mean, I know for you, because you're married, you have, like, really conflicted feelings about this. Like, you were devastated when you contracted gonorrhea, right? Like, you felt terrible about it. Yeah, I mean, I also had kids. I was worried that, you know, somehow, you know, um, you know, I'm touching their toys. They're putting their toys in their mouths. And I'm, I'm told this to the doctor. I'm like, oh, my God, what if I didn't wash my hands? And what if they got that? And he's like, well, the kids can't get it, so don't worry about that. But, you right. know, and I was in that. My wife and I haven't really, we're not all that intimate all that often. So, you know, she was, she was in the clear, but God forbid, you know, I would have to deal with, you know, how she contracted that if I'd given it to her and then I have to feel the guilt that, you know, just for having given her something and, and you know, it's. But that's the good news. Okay. The good news is that you're, you have like empathy and you do sort of still are connected in that way. Cause some people are a lot worse than you. They're completely disconnected. I always say like, Oh my God, that person has a bunch of like plugs, like unplugged. You know what I mean? There's just some people that are just like totally unplugged and you know, beyond help. I mean, you still, it's like you're pretty detached in some areas, but it still seems like at least, thank God, and I think it's good. It's a good sign that you have these moments of feeling depressed because it means you feel something and you should be depressed. Like, I'm sorry to say, but like you should sort of have times where you feel that because you have a big problem that you need to take care of. And at least like that feeling, you're capable of feeling that. Some people are so far gone that they're not even, they're so disconnected to their feelings that they don't even have like that feeling. Do you understand? And all that feeling is, is you're a part of you telling you that you need to fucking do something about it. And like you said it yourself, like you don't know how you could make up the excuses that you go to therapy yet. You make up all kinds of excuses to go fuck hookers. So really you'd probably be able to get away with that. Let me ask you something about your wife. Like, so 
uh, like when you say you're never really intimate, like what you've been married seven years, like when did the sex sort of go out the window? And do you think it's a part because like you're more interested in having prostitutes or is it because sh- she had kids and she's not into the sex? Like why did the sex sort of dwindle between you two? Um, she isn't that sexual of a person. Mm-hmm. Um, to tell you the truth, but uh, on my end, um, one is the guilt, like, oh my god, what if I, if I, you know, give her something, and uh, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I don't know what would have happened. We we do occasionally, you know, but uh, you know, not it's few and far between. It's just kind of dwindled the past uh, couple of years, I'd say. Right, so, and I don't know. Right, but do you think, like I said, if you had to place blame, or is it the both of you? Is it do you think that your sort of going and seeking prostitutes have made you sort of lazy and, you know, keeping up the sex life with your wife? Because you're like, oh, I'll just go get fuck a hooker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. If I didn't, um, well, I don't know which would <laughs> would take uh, you know more or less effort. I don't know if it's an effort thing, but uh, you know that's that's the way I go is I I just call them and that's my release and if I didn't if I gave that up I'm sure you know um you know got got to be intimate somewhere somewhere you know some way so if I you know if I block that out I'm sure you know I could have a good uh, you know intimate sex life with with my wife and you know I kind of would like that for myself I think it would uh you know bring us closer together I'm sure but mm-hmm. uh you know I, I still have this whole like separate life that I've lived that she can never know about. And she doesn't ever need to know about it. Like, I don't really believe it's something you have to tell her. I think, you know, like, I know that you said, like, your biggest fear is that you lose everything. And you totally could because you're living a total separate life, right? God forbid. I mean, you're lucky that you've been able to keep it a secret all this time. You know, I always make jokes on my podcast. It's not really jokes. I mean, I really believe it. I had. I remember once I had a bondage guy on and I had asked him where he hid his whips and chains and he, you know, and all his paraphernalia and he's like in the trunk of my car and he was like married yeah. and he had this whole separate life. I said, like, what happens if you d- like crash that car one day and you die? Like your wife is going to find out everything and you're going to be dead and that's going to be so devastating for her. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know. Yeah. I don't know where how you keep all the transactions separate or all your Googling for prostitutes like sort of on the down low. I mean, you've done a good job up until now, but there's always that moment in time where you could just slip up in the slightest way and get busted. And I have to say this, and this is very true, that if you really want to change and you want to have a bottom because you kind of have to have a bottom to kill an addiction, you will actually bring that kind of situation to you. that's just the way life works I hate to say it so you could either create that bottom and that change yourself or something pretty devastating sometimes has to happen to you yeah I understand that do you know what I mean that's kind of like how life works and in a weird way you look back and you realize that those times were really great and they made that change that you needed to do but the fact that you're reaching out to me the fact that you've reached out to counselors there's some part of you that wants to change which is great which means change is coming. But I'm going to tell you, you have two choices. Change will either come in a very harsh smack in your face or you could really do everything you can in your power and your willpower to create that change now before you lose everything. And that would be get into hardcore therapy. Ta- can't you tell your wife you want to go through ter- to therapy? Uh, I guess I could just say, you know, I generally would like to. You know, it's good for everybody, whatever. I guess I, you know. I could do that. She would probably be thinking that she's done something wrong, but 
But you um, could, but listen, you, you could, know. but that could be a, but you know, listen, there is something wrong in your relationship. Like, let me ask you this. How many times a month or year do you guys have sex? Maybe like a couple times a year at this point. Okay. So right there, like that's a reason that you guys need to be talking about your, re- she did do something wrong. It's not her. It's you. There is something wrong in your guys' relationship. You haven't been dating. I, I have people that call, I'm married. You haven't, what, how long were you dating before you got married? Like how long you've been with her total? Uh, I we get her over 10 years. Right. So, you know, you're at that point where, you know, I, I get it that it would be, you know, maybe a couple times a year, but that's like really bad. And that needs to be worked on to salvage your marriage and everything. And listen, you need to, you, you have never tried to probably have that real intimate relationship with another person because you've always been checking out half the time and fucking prostitutes. So you owe it to yourself at some point in your life to try that. And why not do it with the mother of your children and the woman that you marry? You know, because if not, if it all went to shit, you, you, you never got the chance to do it the right way. Do you know what I mean? You've never done your marriage the right way because you've been fucking prostitutes the whole time. Right? She, oh, yeah, I can't imagine. I'm not setting a good example for you know my my kids. You know, it's okay. They don't they know. Are, you know, Paul. They don't know. But, I mean, and, I could spend more. You know, I'd be spending more time with them. I have a closer exactly. relationship with their mother. You know, just you know, I understand all this. Yeah, and you're fucking <laughs> them up. I have to tell you, I believe so much in attachment and attachment issues. And you're you're in my same age range. We were raised by fucked up people. Okay, like our parents were from another sure. generation. They were totally fucked up. There was no therapy. Nobody talked about their problems. So they were all a bunch of messed up people they all procreated and most of people that i know around my age your age our age are fucked up because we had parents that were like fucked in the head right so we have issues but we're a different generation we believe in helping ourselves we're open to therapy we come from a different time so you know you want to do better than your parents for me my parents were completely checked out and not really present and as children pick up on that stuff it's all an energy exchange you know so if you're there but not there like your child knows and they and they they're they get devastated they, like they have problems because of that they have attachment yeah, issues I mean, because they of that with my face buried in my uh, they see me with my face buried in my phone screen you know, terrible what i'm doing yet yeah, I know it's, ter- it's terrible. But it's, that that's that's if that's an addict. Okay, I remember very early on after I quit drinking and I showed up to meet a friend for lunch and she said, "You know, Kathy, you're so much different now. Like I always used to sort of like not really look forward to meeting up with you because you were kind of all over the place. I never knew what kind of mood you'd be in. And like, you're so much more present now. And that's what changed in me. And I hear that all the time because I live in New York City and it's filled with like a bunch of not present people. And I can't tell you how many times like guys will be like, you're very present. Like you're very different. Like you're very like present kind of person. And that's because I have nothing else going on. Like when an addict is an addict, even when you're not drinking or you're not fucking the prostitute, you're thinking about when you're doing it, what you're doing, you're Googling on your thing. You're looking to see when the deal is coming through. Do you know what I mean? So it's like it winds up taking up so much of your time and you're not really having you're not really being there for other people. And you're not with them at that moment. And that is really bad for your children. And I think it's great yeah, that no, you and believe that. Experience I can't actually, experience I can't really share with anyone that means anything to me. So just in that, that itself, shouldn't you know, that this kind of this definition of happiness, being able to share it with people, and you know what I'm doing, and I make me feel good in the moment, but it doesn't really make me happy. I can't share it with anybody. It's kind of like this secret that kind of just pushes me away from other people. And like I said before, it's it's making it so that, um, you know, I'm becoming detached from my job. I'm not as effective at work now. I have two jobs now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, both of them are, you know, a lot of my time is consumed just, you know, scouring ads and, and calling. Right. And, 
You're getting close to a bottom. And let me tell you, as somebody that went from being a total checked out, you know, freak to being a completely sober person for 12 years, I like I'm so happy that I had my bottom and I got out of that life because it is like going from living in a completely dark room to go to like turning on all the lights. I mean, it is such a difference. I am so much more happier. It was the most major thing that I did in my life that changed my life the most. And I'm in life is so much better. Like seriously, like you do yourself an injustice and like a lot of my friends who are still sort of addicts and they run away from shit. And sometimes when I'm up really upset or I'm dealing with something and I'm freaking out, they're like, Oh, why don't you just like smoke a joint or drink or go out? Like stop thinking about it. It's just like, I don't do that anymore. And like, so the bad thing about that is, yeah, you do have bad feelings, but the good thing is, is that you also feel good feelings. You know, when you decide as a person, as an addict to say, you know what, I don't want to feel any but good and you kick out the bad stuff and you turn that off you do turn off the good too do you understand like as bad as you allow yourself to feel is as good as you can so for me now when I'm happy I feel happiness like I've never experienced it before when I'm sad I feel fucking sad and it feels terrible but it's real do you know what I mean it's not that weirdo shit that you go through you know in not reality reality is really fucking great and if you could get to the other side of it and do the work and really get it it's like I remember that guy from Metallica they did this really great um, documentary many years ago and in the middle of that documentary shooting it the lead singer he quit drinking and he said you know it was like going from turn like the turning the volume up from like three to volume 10 and that's what happens when you kill an addiction everything becomes better and louder and more amazing but it's hard at first it's really fucking hard and that's what you have to know and you have to tell yourself but it's so worth it for you you have so much you have so much to do it for not just yourself you know what i mean you have a whole family you have kids how old are your kids they're young real young toddler and almost toddler yeah started late it's so important yeah no that's great i'm having a baby now it's so important for you thank you it's so important for you to do it now for those kids i think it's so great that you know that it's wrong to be looking down at your phone and checking out with your kids like that's that's so great that you're that way like i've said before because a lot of people don't even have the emotional intelligence to get that that's fucked up right but it is really fucked up and you need to use those feelings of like you know freaked outness about that to get you to do the right thing because i swear to you i hate to say this if you don't do it yourself and take control it's going to happen for you and it could happen in a very bad way your marriage might make make it through like you just you don't know what happens but you're gonna hit a bottom yeah, either, you know, either I'll make the change or, you know... It'll be made for you. will fall apart and, and then it'll have that. Either, you know, either I'll be in control of the situation or I won't. And, right, you know, and that's your choice. Understand. And, I, and I, I'm actually surprised it hasn't happened yet because it's going on, you know, going on 20 years of this and, you know, but never w- any... But were you always you know, seeking counseling through the whole, all these years? Um, no, I, I don't... No, I wouldn't say I ever saw. I never went through the motions of actually calling and getting a name, being referred, mm-hmm. until more recently, until I had a family, you know. 
Yeah, I oh, think you're getting no, to the point really. where you're really ready. I remember when I quit yeah. drinking, I went through, I was always a journal writer and I had like years and years of journal entries. And when I had my first year of quitting drinking, I didn't know what to do. I had nothing to do. I had nowhere to go. I hadn't, you know, and I lived in New York City and instead of running out to go out every night, I just stayed home for like a whole year. And I read through all of my journals and I always felt like, oh, at that moment that I quit drinking was the only time I ever thought to quit drinking but when I looked back I realized there were so many times over my life that I wrote in my journal how I thought I had a problem how maybe I should quit drinking but I never did anything about it you know it was always in there you know but by the time it happened I had been talking to people about it like do you think I have a problem drinking you know because things were like coming up for me and then I did have a bottom and my bottom you know, thank God was not me like getting raped or mugged or like getting AIDS because I would fuck people when I was drunk and not know what like I was like a blackout drinker, you know, and I'm a female and I live in New York City. I don't know most of the time how I got home, you know, but I, I was able my my bottom was like I lost all my friends. I got thrown out of the bar like I was like thrown out physically by the bouncer. Like it was like really embarrassing um, for you. I don't want you, you, the thing you should fear the most is that your bottom is you lose your family and your, and your kids. And, you know, and that's the thing that you don't want. You don't want to set that bad example. You don't want to, you know, it's what you have to do. You don't want to put that on to other people. This is your problem, not your kid's problem, not your wife's problem. She probably has her own problems because you guys are in a marriage. You're fucking three times a year. Nobody's talking about it. Okay. (laughs) So something's going on there, but nothing, whatever's going on there is never going to be talked about because you're so busy in your shit. So, and she's probably happy that in some way you're feeding into her denial of what's going on, you know, like because you're someplace else, she doesn't have to deal with it because what you guys have to deal with is like, you know, fixing your guy's relationship and your sex life and all that. But you could use that, like I said, as a segue into you getting into therapy. But you need to make sure, because therapy is a fucked up thing. There are so many bad therapists out there. You have to really make sure you find the right one, somebody who deals especially with sex addiction. Do you know that there's sex addiction meetings? Do you know about that? I've heard that there are, yeah. You should go to one. You might find it interesting. I'm telling you, I swear. I've been, okay? They have like sex and love addict meetings. I took my friend once. Um, it's actually really fascinating. You could just go and be an observer. They have them at all times of the day, all locations. Nobody knows who anybody is. And you could just sit there and listen to people's stories. I remember going to AA the first time when I quit drinking and I was like horrified. I thought like, what kind of people are going to be there? Like, I don't know, but I just didn't know how to quit drinking. I lived in New York City. I was pretty young. I was like having the best time of my life. I'm like, how do I do this? You know, so I went to AA. I made a friend come with me. And I remember in the beginning, it was really helpful to hear all these women were there actually. And they all were talking about it. And so it was easy. It was like. I could finally relate. They reminded me of things that were going on with me. And it was like pretty amazing for me to have that experience. And I did it for about six months and then I didn't need it anymore. Like I was able to be successful non-drinker for 12 years without doing it. I'm not like for me, I just didn't buy into all of the stuff, but it was great at for a little while just to hear all that stuff. Like you might try a meeting like honestly, because you meet like-minded people, the shit that you're saying on this call and the shit you said in your email is all the stuff that you hear. There are so many people that are like you that have this same issue. I guess it would be good to, uh, you know, have someone I could talk to and relate to that. You know, it's great. It's so helpful. 
Yeah, find a sex addict meeting, right? And just go. Like, and you don't even have to commit to saying like you're gonna like do it full force. Just, just go as a curious person. You you're gonna go and either be like, oh my god, this is amazing, or you're gonna be like, this is not for me. And you'll know. You know what I mean? You could walk out in the middle. Mm-hmm. No one's gonna judge you. Walk in, sit in the back, and just listen to people. You don't have to share. You don't have to talk. You don't have to ask questions. None of that kind of stuff goes down, you know. And then what happens is everyone afterwards, you could exchange numbers. You could get to talking to people. Sometimes I felt like the people that I met in AA was like the blind leading the blind. Like all of them were just so fucked up. (laughs) I was just like, I don't I can't deal with I got to deal with my own problems, you know. But the other thing that comes into play is to get yourself with a really good therapist. And you have to make sure the same thing with therapy is like you have to make sure that you find the right one. And sometimes it takes going to five different ones until you find the person that you're like this person is like you say you have your master's. I mean, you have to have half of a brain, you know, and sometimes some of these like therapists are really ridiculous and you know in one session whether they're right or not you know or or good for you and you need one that specializes in sex addiction i guess i didn't seek that out i just uh i was actually kind of embarrassed to when i called and get referrals mention that specifically to whoever i was speaking with i know but you got to get over Um, it let me tell you something you don't feel embarrassed i was actually sure i was actually sure it was a general sex addiction i didn't know it said you know what i was doing fell under that Yes, it's totally sex addiction. Prostitution is sex addiction. Absolutely. It's per, that's exactly what it is. And you know what else is really good? There's books on it. You like I don't know if you're like a reader of books or like, you know, that kind of stuff. Like I love self-helpy things. That's why I do my podcast. I like helping people. I always liked working on myself. I always read tons of books of like whatever problem I was going through. There's some really great sex addiction books out there that will make you feel a lot better. You don't need to be embarrassed when you're calling. This is a very common problem that tons of guys and women have, okay? It's very common. And as far as I'm concerned, I think I have more respect for you that you're a sex addict than I, like I said, a workaholic. (laughs) At least it's more fun. (laughs) I mean, I just, you don't have to feel like a lot of guys have this issue. Um, I think you should feel proud as opposed to embarrassed that you actually are like aware of it and you want to do something about it because that's half the battle. There's so many guys that have the same problem that aren't doing anything about it. You need to meet more people that are where you're at and you'll meet those people in sex addiction, anonymous like things. There's a website where you could find meetings in your area. Um, you read books and you could hear other people's stories. It's a, it's a common thing. It's, it's not that I know that you do it in private and you think like you're the only one. It's a widespread issue. You know? Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised at how many women are out there that I can find anywhere I am online at any time of day. Honestly, <laughs> right? They got their own other they got their own other issues going on. But yeah, yeah, that's the whole thing for them. But yeah, I mean, the both sides exist because you're both feeding each other's problem. But it's a it's a it's a big problem that's out there. And right. listen, some people I think use prostitutes for the way you're supposed to use it. Whatever some guy needs to just have a little variety here or there. But like what you have is is not that. You have a full-blown addiction to checking out of your life. You're getting to the point where you realize it's really fucking up your work, your family life. Oh, yeah, I'm putting way too much. A lot of my time is spent on it. And, you know, I got so many other things that I have to put my time into that, you know, I'm starting to fall behind on a little bit of everything else that's important. 
do it yourself. Try this because listen, I mean, I quit smoking. I quit drinking. I've quit a lot of my addictions and the only way to do it is to just like really stop. Like you just have to not do it. Like why don't you try to tell yourself like make a day in the future, whatever day it is, like Friday or next Wednesday, you're going to not look at all. And don't tell yourself that you're going to do, you're going to quit everything because that might be too overwhelming, right? Just say that you're not going to do it for a day. Just say just that day. I'm not going to do anything. Do you know what I mean? And see like what comes up for you. See how you feel. Most likely you're not going to feel good. That's what's hard about quitting an addiction and why most people go back and they relapse is because they don't understand that things get worse before they get better. But you just, if you go through that worst time, things get better like you could never imagine. And that's what you have to know that it gets really fucking hard because you're checking out hardcore for your whole life for a reason. Do you understand? You have to be doing something that much all day long because you have like, you know, something very powerful in you that you're pushing away. Most likely it's like, yeah, I started before there was a Google. (laughs) I started before there was a Craigslist and I started before there was, you know, whatever website. Right. It's kind of funny, you know, doing it that long. So, yeah, something's got to come to a head here and hopefully it's, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to try to take control of the situation before, uh, you know, it takes control of you. Devastated and the walls crumbling down. So yeah. But even I have to say, even if that happens, it'll be like I always believe, like that. I think that people that have bottoms are like the saved ones. Like you're, you like you would be. Some people have bottoms, I think, and it's just not enough for them. Some people like lose everything and they still can't stop. I think that you yeah. need a slight slap in the face, and I think that you will stop. You're like, like you're not as bad as most people because you still, like I said, are connected to these feelings of guilt and shame and not feeling right and feelings for your kids like that's good you're not 100 percent checked out you just got to check in at you but you're not 100 percent present and that's what you need to do um and so if worse comes to worse you do add this whole thing goes down on your marriage i don't know i've seen tons of stories of like marriages like yours where the guy like it finds out that someone your wife could be cheating and you have no idea i mean why is she happy with fucking you three times a year i don't know maybe she's going through menopause i don't know but you know, what is she doing to sort of be okay with that situation? So if shit hits the fan, sometimes, you know, marriages survive through it and are better because of it. You know, something has to happen in your marriage, too, because it's kind of like not really that great. Yeah. And there's issues there. So, you know, so something has to happen there anyway. So you know, some sort of bottom that's going to happen is going to out your whole nonsense, force you to stop. So you have to face your problems for once in your life. And it's going to help you fix your marriage or be done with it and move on. I don't know what that is. You know, you'll see how that plays out. Yep. Okay. Paul. I do appreciate all your advice. I do have to, uh, I do have to run here. No, it's perfect timing. I have to run too, so it's. I'm, I'm glad you called. Keep me posted. Um, if you ever want to call back in the show, you need another pep talk. I'm glad to help. I love talking to people that are addicts because I totally understand, dude. I like. I really do. I have the same issue, and I battle it my whole life. So. Uh, you got any other your any of your other podcasts uh, deal with a similar topic? Yeah, totally. Look through. I'll look through when we get off the call. Um, I'll look through my podcast and tell you a couple episodes that I think you should, could listen to that you could hear some. Uh, like I said, I think you're actually the best one that's the most aware. I have a guy that was a sex addict that quit 
all of his stuff and I'm going to have you listen to his. I have a couple guys that I'm going to tell you you could listen to and they're just like they don't even fucking know they have your issue when they do. <laughs> I mean like they're so oblivious. So I'll give you a bunch right. and, and, and explain them and see if you could look at you know and maybe I'll put you in right. touch with the guy. That's what I'm going to do because he emails me a lot. He's a re- he's a listener and a fan of the show. He's a he's a he's a sex addict that is you know totally clean for a very long time. Uh, maybe I'll put you in touch with him. Would you be interested? I'd be very interested. Thank you. Okay, cool. So I'll reach out to him and find out, and then you could listen to his episode and um, stuff, but I'll send you an email when, when we're done in a little bit, okay? I appreciate that. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me here. Thanks for calling in, Paul. Good luck with everything. I'm going to put you in touch with that guy. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.